Hello, this is Tommy Breedlove, the Wall Street Journal and USA Today, best-selling author of the book Legendary. And today we're going to throw down on the Chasing Dreams podcast with Amy J. Welcome to Chasing Dreams podcast with Amy J. Amy believes that realizing a life without regrets is achieved by taking chances, chasing your dreams, making moves, and overcoming your doubts. The Chasing Dreams podcast will help you overcome life's obstacles, believe in your potential, and inspire you to face your fears. And now here's the woman who is passionately pursuing her dreams, Amy J. Hey, Dream Chasers, this is Amy J, and thank you so much for tuning into episode 248 of Chasing Dreams. Guys, we are on the countdown. This is the third to last episode. I don't even want to tell you. I'm just kind of emotional about it myself, but I promised you some amazing guests, and I deliver. Okay, and today is no different. Today we have Tommy Breedlove. He's a Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestselling author of the book Legendary. He's an Atlanta-based business, relationship, and mindset coach who is a regular featured keynote speaker at global events. You guys are going to be so excited about this episode. You're going to want to take notes. You're going to want to listen to it again. You're going to want to check the show notes, and you're going to want to follow Tommy after this. Trust me. Trust me. Okay? All right. But before I can give you Tommy, here's a word from our sponsor. This episode of Chasing Dreams is sponsored by Ringtones by Amy J. As your personal hype man, Amy wants to provide you with the tools to help you along your dream chase. These new ringtones can be used as text alerts, ringtones, or alarms. The ringtones range from an alarm reminding you it's time to be intentional to an affirmation reminding you that you are enough. To learn more, please visit amyj21.com tones or search for Amy J under iTunes on your iOS device or the Tunes ringtone store. All right, folks, without further ado, here's Tommy. Hey, Tommy, welcome to the show. Amy, I am so grateful for you, humbled to be here, and let's chase some dreams. You know, as I am counting down to the last episode, episode 250, yours is 248, I knew we had to get you on because you have an interesting story. Aside from the fact that your book, Legendary, kind of gave me a hint on what was going to happen. I was like, guys, lean in, you know, get stuck, pull over, listen to this, whatever you got to do, you're going to take notes because I think we're going to get some uh, jewels today. Okay. I think we're going to get some jewels. So I hope you're ready, Tommy. This is it. I am fired up, ready. Let's do this. All right. So what was the one thing or two things that young Tommy wanted to be when he was probably 13, 14? You know, when I, this is, you probably don't hear this often. I grew up fairly humble on the South side of Atlanta, good blue collar, hardworking part of the country. And not many people from there ever went to college or graduated college. And so a big Atlanta based company is Coca-Cola. And back when I was a little puppy, 
I thought the coolest job in the world would be to drive a Coca-Cola truck. Nice. I mean, I loved Coca-Cola. I didn't, it probably wasn't good for my teeth or my health, but <laughs> hey, I was a young pup and uh, I loved the product. I knew it was a great company and I wanted to drive one of their trucks when I was a kid. So that, I don't know if you got that. that uh, uh, you were the first, <laughs> you were the first, to, but I will say this, that is a quality choice you made. Uh, I am yeah. definitely a Coke person over a Pepsi person. So <laughs> there you go. It's a religion down here in Georgia. You can't be a Pepsi person. <laughs> no, in Phil I moved to Philadelphia a few years ago and they are all Pepsi. It was, oh, yeah. it was terrible. I'd go somewhere and be like, any chance? Pep cool Coke? And like, no, we're Pepsi. I'm like, dang, got it, fine. Forget it. <laughs> Forget it. That's fine. So if you had that dream, how did it change? What did you, because you have this dream, what is your process at that point? Did you try to chase it? No, I did not try to try to chase that dream. Mm -hmm. um, my mother and father were hell-bent on me being the first person to graduate college. Ah. Um, and so I made really good grades and they pushed me into the college path. But here's the problem. Mm -hmm. Instead of, you know, when I was 18 years old, I had a full ride to the University of Georgia, half a ride to Miami and about four or five other schools as well were interested in having me. And unfortunately, Amy, I grew up in and around a lot of violence and abuse inside and outside the home. So here I am scheduled to go to all these universities or one of them at least. And I became what I hated. I became that abuse and violence. And at 18 years old, I committed a violent crime and was looking at seven years in prison. So all of that hard work in that dream literally went away in the blink of an eye. Wow. Luckily, it was dropped to two misdemeanors. I spent my 19th birthday incarcerated as opposed to being at a university. So that was my first failed dream, wow. but it didn't stop me. <laughs> was that was that a wake-up call for you at that point, do you think? Or it took a, a few more... It was the first major wake-up call. Okay. I was going in the wrong direction, running with the wrong people. And clearly pain attracts pain, but it was my first reset. I wish it would have been my last reset, but it, I didn't quite, it didn't get through the old thick skull enough then, but something really, really, really cool happened mm -hmm. in jail. A 40 plus year old African-American gentleman decided to step over racial lines and mentor me. And one of the things I didn't have in my life was good, solid male mentorship. I actually was taught the exact opposite. And so it was magical because I was, he basically came across racial lines and said, look, he called me young blood, by the way, his name was Tony, he called me young blood. He said, young blood, you're not going to become part of this system. And so with love, accountability, a lot of great coaching, he appeared in my life. And so when I got out, mm -hmm. I went to work for a nuclear waste container factory during the day, running a machine, wow. community college at night, but did end up back at the University of Georgia and literally went from a jail cell to UGA mm -hmm. to hired at a company called Deloitte, which at the time was one of the largest financial consulting companies in the world in three years. That's pretty cool. That is so cool. Because I think sometimes we think that when we go through a mistake like you did, right, that there's no coming back. There's yeah. no coming back. There is no reset. And some people feel that there is no, there is no repentance. Oh. There's no hope. There's no repentance. There's no recovery from it. And it sounds like because you had someone step in and help you that you were able to turn things around. 
Absolutely. And I think it's gotten much worse um, over the years as if, if a person makes a mistake, it's almost like we want to run them into the ground and, you know, hurt people, hurt people. And so I'm a firm believer. I'm a, I do believe people can change. I, I believe with intentional action that you can be whatever you want to be and it's never too late. And so no matter what you've done or mistake you've made or regret you have or what's been done to you, you can always overcome it by taking intentional action. So I'm a firm believer in that. And I love that because I think sometimes we think it has to be something quick. It has to be a pill. It has to be um, a snap of the fingers and we're done. That's it. But what you're saying is, no, you, know, you got to put the work in. Always. Always. And you've got to work on, and we'll go into this toward your, your ding, ding, ding into the show. But I'm a firm believer. And if you work hard on your inner game, mm. and I'm talking about your heart health, your mind health, um, and if it's important to you, your spirit health, as much as your physical health in your business, fulfillment, money, success, happiness, peace of mind, all of those things that we crave will come to you. But it's just like going to the gym. You got to work on them every single day because if you don't, they atrophy. Mm -hmm. But there's nothing you can't overcome. It's just, there is no, I wish there was a magic pill. And anything that to us in life easy, if we think about it, whether it's donuts or alcohol or whatever it is, it usually kind of take, it might make us feel good for like six seconds. And I love me some donuts. But it's all about the long-term commitment to ourselves, especially our inner game that really leads us to where we want to go. And let's talk about that for a second because- you were on the top of the game, I would say, yep. you know, at Deloitte. That's something that a lot of people, especially those in finance or C corporations want is something like that. You've done well for yourself there, but you, it has been said, didn't feel fulfilled. Yep. And this is, this is why I wanted you on the show, because I think oftentimes we follow somebody's definition of success. We follow a path of what we're told will bring us happiness and we're surprised or don't realize when it doesn't, that something's wrong. And so how yep. did you get to that point? So it wasn't pretty. Remember mm -hmm. we talked about the first reset. Well, yep. there was a somewhat an ugly scar tissued second reset. Oh. I actually thought if I just outworked, out hustled and outmaneuvered everybody in that world, and found money, power, success, all the shiny things that I would be happy, successful, and fulfilled because I didn't know any better. Mm -hmm. I came from a place without a lot of money. And so I was actually recruited out of Deloitte by other firms. And so I worked my way up through these other firms to really the top, the ivory tower, the corner office, uh, the fancy suit, mm -hmm. the, making a lot of money. But unfortunately, I never dealt what I talked about with my insides. Mm -hmm. I was still that abused, hurt little boy that when the money, the power, success, the next deal didn't fill him up, I turned to a bunch of darkness. Think Wolf of Wall Street or Mad Men type lifestyle, just trying to be seen, heard, loved, and valued, right? Rah, rah, rah. And I was wearing all of these fake masks and this armor of tough guy, important guy, couldn't ask for help guy, the guy with the shiny suit, mm -hmm. you know, all of those things that weren't me. And I just turned to darkness and literally found myself, I was probably doing some multi-million dollar deal the week before and found myself literally lying in a ditch in downtown Atlanta. I didn't know how I got there, didn't know where my car was. And it was, it was literally 
my final aha moment. I knew I didn't get number three. And so I'm looking up at the bright blue sky thinking, my God, how did you get here? Who are you? Where are you going? And what? who is this person who just doesn't feel good enough? And I looked like I had it all mm-hmm. on the outside. And I'm a pretty big guy, you know, with the fancy suit and the nice car and the big job and the really literally the size. My office was the, almost the size of a football field. It was so big. That's a little bit of an exaggeration. <laughs> so it looked like I had it all. But I was unhappy. Mm-hmm. I was scared. I was acting out. I wasn't acting in my integrity zone. And it came out as this arrogant guy. And you know, arrogance is just insecurity on steroids. And so I said, enough is enough. And during that time, my wife and I, I like to tell this story. My wife and I were clearly going through some marriage counseling, <laughs> clearly. And I remembered lying in that ditch that uh, they knew something deep and dark was inside of me because I didn't feel I wouldn't allow myself to feel I was just going to out tough and outwork people. And I remember one of them say, Tommy, there's a place in Tennessee that can do more for you in seven days than I can do in seven years. And I woke up in that ditch and I was like, I'm going to go to that place. I don't care what it means, but I'm going to go to that place to learn how to feel again, to learn to figure out who Tommy is. And that's what I did. That's well, I'm sorry you had to go through that, but I'm also happy you went through that in the sense that you had that change. You had that yes. pivot. And, you know, guys, uh, hopefully it doesn't take something like that for you to pivot. But you said something that triggered me a little bit because I found a, a parallel and it was the chasing of money and the mm. ideal that money would bring the happiness it's what I saw on TV, right? You see, that's the cars, the clubs, the parties. It's that's the thing you want. So chase the money and then you'll be happy. And so when you said that, you know, you were going for the money, the position, the power, I could already see like, oh, this is not because I think the moment we equate money to happiness, we're already off to the wrong start. Couldn't agree more. Right. So let's talk about how you change that because i think it's all about inner work right it's it's mindset it's where is your what is your perspective where are you at how can we help people who are struggling with this right they're on this path that's not defined by them i want to help them write their origin story i want to i want them to reclaim their own happiness what would you recommend for them I would say going back to the money, mm-hmm. um, money is just a magnifying glass. I'm sure you've heard that before. If you're a super unhappy person, it's going to magnify that super unhappiness 10x. If you're a happy, fulfilled person, it's going to allow you to make great impact. It is important. I don't want us to think that money is not important. If you want to make impact, it's important, but it's not going to in and of itself make you happy. So what I would say is happiness is a choice and a journey. It's not a destination. You know, joy is fleeting in our life. So we have to choose to do something different. If we're unhappy, unfulfilled in a job or career that wasn't your path, the probably the primary reason you're staying in that is out of fear. Mm-hmm. That's your primary reason. And what I want people to hear is that they're not alone. A lot of people are scared. A lot of people are worried. A lot of people are unhappy. You know, if you look at, you know, by the way, if you look at Twitter for over three minutes a day, you're 65% more likely to say you had a bad day. Isn't that insane? That is crazy, but believable. Isn't that insane? Crazy, but I believe it. But think about we're in it. We're getting inundated 
with our social media, mm-hmm. our news, with fear, division, anger, worry. Mm-hmm. And that's just poison going into our eyes and ears and into our souls. And so it causes you to be unhappy. It causes you to make decisions out of fear, like staying in a job you don't like. What I would say to everyone listening to, you have only one thing in your power and control, and that's it. Just one thing. Nothing else is in your power and control, and it's the power of choice. Everything is else. We've given three gifts in life, the gift of life, the gift of choice, and the gift of death. And the reason I say the death is a gift is because we're only here for a short amount of time. And so what will you choose today to do differently to make a better choice? Is it read a book, listen to a great podcast like Chasing Drink? Tell me what it is you're going to do today that's different than yesterday. And it's all about setting the intention and taking action, setting the intention. And I'm not talking about come in with broad strokes, come in with laser focus, just Mm -hmm. change one thing. Read a great business book, read a great self-development book, listen to a great podcast, um, choose to turn off the TV for a little minute and learn something new. So it's all about choices. The first thing I want people to hear, though, is they're not alone. And I always thought I was alone in my insecurities, my fear, my worry, my not good enoughs. Mm-hmm. And I realized that there's so many of us out there that struggle with all of these things, but it's ultimately up to us to participate in our own rescues. You, you said something very powerful uh, about choice. And I want to I hone in on this because I don't think when people hear choice, I think they often think he's not talking to me because I don't have a choice. I have to do what I'm doing now because choice isn't for me because I don't have the freedom that other people have. I don't have, right? We come up with these things and I can't just quit my job. I can't do this. I can't do that. So when you say we have the freedom of choice, the gift of choice. How do we work to accept that? Because I think sometimes we think if we have choice, it has to be an easy choice. But how do we talk to these guys? Because uh, I'm talking to you, listen in, guys. He's saying you have the gift of choice. I want you to understand why that is. So what would you say to that, Tom? So if you're listening to this podcast, okay. probably in part of the free part of the world, which is kind of fabulous that 85% of the world is actually free today, mm-hmm. which is quite lovely, that you do have a choice. What I would challenge them with if they don't think they have a choice mm-hmm. is why. What, why? Why do you not have a choice? And here's what I bet they're doing. I bet they're living a story and not their life. And the story is probably a lie. Someone along the way, probably a whole lot of someone's has told you an incorrect story and have probably loaded you up with the shoulds, which I think is a disgusting word. You should or Mm. we should. And that is the biggest shaming word in the world. So I bet your life and your story that you're telling yourself, I bet it's untrue. I bet you're living a life of shoulds. And like, and like Amy said, I mean, it's not that choices are easy. Mm-hmm. If choice was easy, everybody would do it. But that's why 90% of the world is unhappy and unfulfilled. And go find the biggest mirror you have and go look into it. It's both the problem and the solution. And so what shoulds are you telling yourself? Is it from a bad parent? Is it from society, from culture that you should do this or you should do that? Or do you believe that you're not worthy enough, good enough, valuable enough for something better? That's also a lie. By the way, that's what was programmed into me as a young puppy. 
that I wasn't lovable, that I wasn't valuable, that I wasn't worthy, and I wasn't enough. And guess who believed it? Me. Even when I was 36 years old and literally on the top of the ivory tower and I just outworked everybody, I still felt unlovable, unworthy, not enough. And it didn't matter how much money they were going to pay me. I was going to feel that way until I chose to reprogram myself. And so the first choice, if you somehow believe you don't have a choice or you're eat up in the shoulds or you're just loaded with fear and worry or anger or what I don't want you to be come to the end with is regret because this life is preciously, preciously short. So if you don't believe you have a choice that has been wired into you, and I'm the first to say that is a lie, is what will you choose today to start unwiring that lie so that you can live your life and not that story you're telling yourself? 100%. 100%. And if you didn't catch that, guys, just hit that little 15-second button back. Go back about a minute and listen again because I think – we don't find ourselves to be worthy. We don't find ourselves, not me, who me, right? But a lot of us are affected by things, unspoken, unheard of third parties, right? He listed them for you, your parents, your family. Some are well-intentioned, right? But we Most. Right? Most, <laughs> Most. are well-intentioned. But we are not all cut from the same cloth. You can't paint us with the same brush. Not all Indians are going to own 7-Elevens. Not all Indians are going to be scientists, doctors, lawyers, engineers, right? We all have something in us that makes us different. And that's why I want you to listen to what he's saying, because you went through something at 19. You made a choice. And I want him to hear about this because you, you already talked about it, but I think when you came out, and you worked two jobs. You worked a job and you went to school. Was that at easy? At On night. debt. I was taking out debt to go to school and working a $6 an hour job in a 110 degree factory, cutting all day long, cutting off the top of these huge containers just to make something better for myself. So it's short-term pain for long-term glory. So you took that hard road in order to get the education you wanted to take the next step. And took out a lot of debt in the meantime, too. Right. And so I, I just knew, I, you know, I knew I didn't want to ever go back to behind bars. That miserable. Sure. I knew that I was destined for something better. And I knew the only way I was going to get out was to invest in the only thing that I had control of. And that was myself. Mm-hmm. And so I just beard my hair down, worked out several tough jobs, but that was the main one. I worked for about a year and a half while I was in school, taking out debt to invest in myself for a better future. I made that choice. Tommy, you've, you've studied people, you've studied processes, you know, path. When you look at the people who are successful, however people define it, right? What is a commonality you see among them? I would say the first thing is, is are we talking about happy or successful? Cause it's, those are two different things. Let's say happy. Let's say happy because success could be anything, but personal happiness. I'd say the happiest people in the world put themselves first. That sounds Mm. counterintuitive. And I'm not talking about selfishness. I'm talking about selflessness. They know that until they truly love and respect themselves, they can't truly love and respect others. They know until they can't, if they're not leading themselves correctly, they can't lead others. And so they take the time and the energy and make the choice to invest 
in what I call the inner game, their hearts and minds to be a little bit better. They also surround themselves with happy people. They are very boundary people. They know how to say no, and they won't let gossipers and negative Nellies and people who judge and people who are always angry, they don't let them in their atmosphere. They literally don't. I know that it's, it, it is the most true thing that was ever said. I say Jim Rohn, and we all repeat it. You are the five people you spend the most time with. Happy people hang with happy people. If you hang out with five drunks, you're going to become drunk. That's what you're going to be. And so they're boundaried. They say no. They invest in themselves always. They do the hard work because happiness, again, is a journey. It's not a destination. And it's hard work because life is hard. Life is super hard. We get sick. We got economic issues. We got social issues, political issues. We're humans. Humans are kind of ugly in nature. We don't have the best history as, as a species. So all you can do is you. And so happy people are very, very boundaried, very careful who they let in their inner circle, and they do the inner work every single day. They practice gratitude. They probably meditate. They probably read a lot. They listen to podcasts like Chasing Dreams. I'm telling you, they surround themselves because remember, remember, I said this earlier, we're constantly getting inundated with poison. Social, the stuff on social media, the stuff on 24 hour news, even what we watch on Netflix and Amazon, most of that's poisonous and I'm guilty as charged, but I limit it. I make sure the goodness is coming more into the poison podcasts, great books, great documentaries, great conversations with people that I love and respect. Um, and mm -hmm. constantly doing that to feed our heart and soul. That's what I, that's what I know to be true of happy people. And you guys are listening to this. You've already taken the step, right? You're, you're taking a step to try and figure this out. But Tommy's not saying anything new. I want you to hear it, though, because he's lived it. He's done it. He's preaching this. It's in his book. This, this is the thing, guys. Um, and so I, I want to bring you more people. It's not just me saying it. Like he, he, He's living it. He's the embodiment of it right now. And this is the thing, Tommy. A lot of these guys, they've taken the step. They're listening. They're like, yeah. You know what? I got a choice. How do we help them with their mindset? How do we get them on the right track to help them continue moving down that track? And you'll know exactly. And I want to tell you what happened when I made this shift. It's incredible what yeah. happened. So don't let me forget that. Yeah. But the easiest way to start shifting your mindset, the quickest thing you can do is eliminate one negative thing out of your life. Is that a bad habit? Is it a bad human? Is it a bad self-belief? What is the one thing that if you eliminated it from your life, and I guarantee we all know what that one thing is, that it would increase your happiness 10x. You've got to eliminate the negative. And so you can't start doing self-development work if you're high all the time, for example. That's just true. You can't, you can't be numb. What, do you need to eliminate social media? Do you need to eliminate watching Netflix for 10 hours a day? Is it video games? Is it alcohol? Is it, there's something in your life. Is it negative self-talk? So that's step one. That's the easiest thing you can do to get on the path to the right mindset. But the harder thing to do and the longer term play, that's a short term, right? That's an instant, mm -hmm. you know, we, we gotta, we yep. gotta patch the wound. Okay. So we've patched the wound. Just do one thing, eliminate that one thing in your life. And it's hard to do, but you do have a choice. Mm 
The second thing you have to do is start inputting the goodness. And so what I would recommend is working on yourself for a minimum at first of 30 minutes a day. Is it starting journaling? Is it a gratitude journal? Is it daily affirmations and intention? Is it reading a great book? Is it listening to a positive podcast? Fill your soul up, your mind, heart, and soul with goodness, not only from wisdom to information to, because if you keep inputting that into your heart and mind, you will start taking action on it. But it starts with intention, intention and action, right? Action without intention and intention without action is useless. And so you've got to set the intention that I'm going to spend 30 minutes a day. I'm, I'm up to about an hour and 90 minutes a day. And I'm being very honest because I do this for a living. So I need to be pretty t- tuned in. And so I literally every day I meditate, I pray, I journal, I do gratitudes. I have my daily readings. I exercise. So I'm constantly preparing my heart, mind, and soul to go out and serve others. And that's what, so take something away negative and start something positive new. The positive is like going to the gym, but this is the mental, emotional, and spiritual gym. And you got to lift the daily reps. And all of a sudden, 365 days from now, or even one month from now, you feel happier, more fulfilled, more successful. And by the way, more confident and courageous. That's what I would say. That's how you start shifting it. I love it. And guys, you may not notice that change, but everyone around you will. Yeah. And here's the thing of what Tommy just said. I don't think you understand. Y'all are like, he's doing all these things. It's too much. He's telling you to date yourself. That's like, spend time with yourself. Fall in love with yourself. Fall in love with yourself. If you can't spend time by yourself, then that's, that's the first step, right? That's the thing you need to work on. And I think a lot of us have work to do and don't recognize that. And I think, I love your approach, Tommy, of just, spending time 30 minutes start it start with that and then build it and then try something different see how it goes and so i want to echo that guys echo it do it because I, I noticed a difference when i started doing oh, it. it's like climbing a mountain and this i hope this analogy is it is sinks in when you start climbing a mountain your view changes the scenery mm-hmm. gets a little better you can see farther And guess what? 99% of people are going to stand on the ground. They're not going to climb the mountain. But you start feeling differently, seeing differently, seeing things they can't see. And honestly, you start talking and vibrating because we are just one energy source. And literally, we start attracting other people who are climbing that mountain into our life. The mountain of being better than we were yesterday. We can still speak the language of the people on the ground. We just don't want to speak it. And sometimes they don't even understand what we're saying because they've never climbed the mountain. They don't, they don't believe it. They're eat up in anger and fear and judgment and God, all that got all that stew of nonsense. But when you start climbing the mountain and becoming aware, you can't become aware and you can see so much farther and so much better. Your language changes, your vibration changes and everything in your life changes. Y'all Tommy and I are on the mountain. We may be in different places on the mountain, but we're on the yes. mountain. And we want you to join us on the mountain. And I want you to hear how Tommy got on the mountain, because I think that's the part we didn't talk about yet. And I, so you saw the goal. That's that's where we're trying to get. We're trying to get you all to the mountain. Let's talk about how Tommy got to the mountain, especially after wake up call number two. How do you go from being in a ditch to the seven day stay or even just to this moment of change that you fought? Because you talked to these guys about it, but Let's, let's hear your experience about how that actually went. 
so I went to the seven day program and it's called, I think it's called, I can't remember the name. I was really trying to pick my brain. I'll, I'll come up with it uh, in a second, but really what they do amazingly is in small group one-on-one and a, a larger group setting is they cut you open for four days and then put you back together. Mm. They help you feel, they help you to know that you're not alone. They help you to like, what is causing me to act out in this ways and not love and respect myself. And you realize, I mean, there was a rock star there. There was a CEO there and a bunch of normal Joes and gals like me. And you realize that you're not alone and there is hope. And they prescribed me a formula from therapist to daily work to coach it. I mean, there was this formula they gave me and I followed it to the T. And when I started feeling better, and seeing better and walking with more confidence, walking with more respect. I literally, this is what happened in my life. So to this day, I am in the coaching business and I have a coach. I run masterminds. I am in a mastermind. I loved how it felt so much. I made it my number one priority. It, I made me every single morning my number one party. Let me tell you what my life looked before. And I never, mm-hmm. ever thought I would leave the financial world because I was at the top of the game. I went, and I'm not making any of this up. I went from 70 to 90 hour weeks down to 35. My efficiency went out of the charts. I was concentrating on the right things. I went from being one of the most hated people in the firm to one of the most loved my leadership skills 10x just by being quiet, confident, and empowering others. My money doubled in three years, doubled. I went from junior partner to senior partner to international practice leader. I was elected to the board of directors of this large financial firm in the Southeast. It wasn't Deloitte. I'd left Deloitte. Mm-hmm. I recruited out of there. But I was a board of director at 39. Most of the folks were in their 60s. My marriage became on solid ground. I was happy, peaceful, fulfilled, and filled with love and working half of what I used to just by spending 90 minutes on me every single day. And I'm talking about my heart muscle, my mind muscle, my soul. And if you want to know what I did, I break it down in very easy, fun, executable steps in the book Legendary. I break it down for you. It's very simple. Um, That's exactly what I did to find. But I was on the search for happiness and peace. I knew the money and what was crazy is when I found happiness and peace, the Mm -hmm. success and money came much more easier than when I was fighting everything. It was just incredible how that happened. And so that was the result of me doing. So when these folks told me, Hey, you got to do X, Y, and Z Mm -hmm. to be happy, to be more successful, to not end up back in the ditch and to not feel so scared and alone, do these things. I was like, okay, I'm doing, and it worked. And then I just kept doing it and doing it and doing it. And I've never stopped since. And guys, he's telling you on this episode, this very episode, what you need to do. And you're going to find this is like a snowball effect. You start doing it and it'll grow and it'll grow and you'll land land on the mountain. Join us on the mountain. This is is what we want for you. It's a pretty place. (laughs) Tell me, talk about why you're doing all this, right? You found your happiness. You're on the mountain. You see the view. Why are you doing, why are you writing a book? Why are you coming on shows like this and sharing this message? Why is that important to you? So it's important to me because my, the community that I used to uh, in the financial world, it was a lot of entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. a lot of corporate executives, 
um, a lot of bankers, lawyers, professional services people, these men started coming out of the woodworks. They saw this massive transformation to me. And I had a huge network because I had found business success. Mm -hmm. And so they already respected me, which gave me credentials because of my business success. But when they saw me actually happy, they saw just this massive change in my spirit, my mind, my words, my actions, my boundaries. And they started asking me for coffee or a beer or a walk. And these men would just break down on me. Mm. Um, they, they like, I had this happiness. I had this success, but you know, my, my marriage is in shambles. My kids don't like me. I'm just constantly chasing more and win and more and win never get here. Yeah. And why am I so unhappy? How did you do it? What magic pill are you taking? That's literally what they were asking me. They thought it was some sort of, you know, some sort of you know, witch spell and it wasn't. Yeah. And I just started coaching these guys and mentoring these guys. And some of these guys were in their sixties and seventies. And here I am at 39. And it, how sad is that in their sixties and seventies, they yeah. found business success, but there is no life success. It actually has come at the expense of it. Mm -hmm. And so I went to my wife one day, I was like, I think there's something in this because I'm pretty darn good at it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because I had worked with so many executive coaches and coaches and life coaches and therapists. I was like, why don't we put this together in a book, mm -hmm. in a group program? And uh, we've started the men's movement. And in 2022, we're going to create the women's mm -hmm. movement. And so let's do this and see if it works. So I literally sold my equity in the firm. Walked away from 65% of our household income, scary, hello. And I was making a lot of money then to go chase this dream. To go chase this dream of helping men be better leaders, be better fathers, be better husbands, be better without compromising their ambition. I'm not, I'm not changing that. You can still be ambitious. You can still be driven, but you can't do it at the cost of your happiness and live with regrets. And so I just saw the profound impact it was having on the men that I was working with. You know, it's interesting with men. They all come to me to be better leaders, to make more money and to have more power and to earn more respect. Mm -hmm. What they need is better, more intimate relationships with their significant other. They need more self-respect. They need more confidence. They need more peace of mind in their life. So I give them what they want. I, I sell them what they want, give them what they need. Yeah. Um, and almost a, almost a hundred percent come to me have issues in their relationship. And that just, and men, for some reason, I guess because of my background and I'm so honest with them, I give them the gift of going second. Mm -hmm. Like I say, you're not alone. And by the way, I was a royal screw up and here's what it looked like. And here's, if you continue doing what you're doing, what it's going to end up looking like. It's just, I saw so much transformation in these people that I'm like, how do we scale this? And then we wrote Legendary and it hit Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestseller. And now we're scaling this men's movement in the form of masterminds, retreats and conferences. And we're going to, women, we're not leaving you out. It's coming. <laughs> it's coming. We're just going to screw it up on the man side. But what's interesting, if a woman's in the room, they won't show weakness. They won't ask for help. They won't pull down their guard and say, hey, my marriage is in shambles. Right. I'm not having enough sex. My kids hate me. Oh, and by the way, I just bought my third BMW and why am I still not happy? They won't do that. But with other men who get authentic, who get real, who get vulnerable and who want true connection and trust. And that's what we all crave is connection and trust. That's why I do what I do is I'm literally trying to save men's lives, save them from themselves. Because it almost cost me everything twice. Can you all see why I wanted Tommy on? 
Right? I'm Pretty passionate. <laughs> it's important. This is important to me too. And so, you know, I think you, I can't, there's, there's nothing for me to say. Everything he said, he said it. Right. But guys, I know you're waiting for this. I know you're waiting for the two questions. So let's get to that. Hold up. I, we got it. We got to get intentional about this. It's time to be intentional. All right, Tommy, these guys are listening and they're like, what is the number one mistake people make in trying to chase their dream? The number one quitting. Hmm. I think chasing a dream is hard. I think it requires a very courageous choice. And it's not if life happens, it's when life happens. And whether it's a career change, a relationship change, whatever dream you're chasing, the people who get to their dreams don't stop. Think about the person who wrote Harry Potter. I can't remember her name. J.K. Rowling. Yeah. How many times was she told no? It's like 20 plus, I think. Yeah. She didn't quit. She's built a $10 billion empire off of that. Beyonce didn't stop singing. Michael Jordan didn't stop dribbling the ball. And he, I think he was cut from his high school basketball team. Imagine and, being that coach. And Beyonce, I think, lost like a talent search or something. So, But here's the thing. It doesn't have to be all these famous people that we're talking about. An ordinary Joe like Tommy Breedlove here, who was just a washed up financial consultant, decided to chase the dream. Because here's what I didn't want to do. I didn't want to look back on my life with regrets. And so I think the number one thing people, I, I would say, can I break it down into two? Sure. It's just starting and then not quitting. Because there's a great quote about the, the person in the arena who's mm -hmm. got blood, sweat, who's really chasing their dream. It's easy to sit in the stands and criticize. It's easy to do what you did yesterday. It's hard to chase that dream. So I'd say that the two, the biggest mistake is quitting. Mm -hmm. The hardest part is starting, but continuing to brush yourself off when life kicks you in the face because nothing in life worth chasing is easy and life's going to kick you in the face as you just got to keep moving forward. It's going to kick you in the face. Always. Right. Just, just <laughs> Always. go in knowing you're going to get kicked, but that you can get back up. Right. Totally. That's, that's the part. And then the last question tell me is what is, and you may have already said it, but we'll, we'll see if you change the answer. What is the number one thing these guys can do today? I would say the number one thing you can do today is remove one negative thing in your life. What is the one person or thing that you need to remove from your life? Make the difficult choice to do it. If you want to know where your deepest, darkest desire, fear, and insecurity lies, it's why that you won't get rid of that person, thing, or habit. Get rid of it or begin Begin the process of getting rid of it. Ask for help. Know you're not alone. A million other people are struggling with the same thing. You just got to own it. Go find the nearest mirror, mm -hmm. problem and solution, and participate in your own rescue. I love it. I love it, guys. And unfortunately, I can't keep Tommy here forever. But all these nuggets, guys, all these nuggets are in his book. The link is in the show notes, so be sure to check that out. But tell me, how can these guys find you on the interwebs to keep in touch and keep following what you're doing? 
Yeah, totally. Check us out. We put goodness out on social media. We're always putting life hacks and business hacks and money hacks and just just goodness. There's no darkness. We don't put negative stuff out there. So follow us at Tommy Breedlove. Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. We're always putting goodness out there. You can also see what we're doing on TommyBreedlove.com. But if you really want to take, if my Southern accent doesn't bother you, I will literally read you the book Legendary on Audible. All you got to do is go on the electronic and I will literally read it to you. But if you like what we threw down today, it's in electronic format, hard pack, soft cover, Audible. Go out and check it out. It's a short, easy, fun, fast read and take one action in your life. And I promise you, it ha- it pays compound interest in success, happiness, peace of mind. But check out Legendary. Um, if you want me to read it, I'll read it to you on Audible. So so there you have it. So th- I would check us out on all our social media at Tommy Breedlove. Go to TommyBreedlove.com and or just check out the book. There you go. Thank you, Tommy, so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to come on here and just share that knowledge and make this episode a special one as we count down. Amy J, you are the best. I am humbled to be coming to the end of this journey, and I can't wait to see what next dream you chase. So it's going to be awesome. Thank you. All right, guys, there you have it. That was Tommy Breedlove. Amazing. Am I not right? What a story. The fact that he had two wake-up calls and then was able to turn it around. We don't want that for you. We want you to wake up now. I want you to write your own origin story. Write about what it is that makes you happy. Take the steps towards owning your choices. Take the steps towards being okay with being around yourself, right? Date yourself, all of these things. And if you can't keep track of all the things Tommy said, that's okay. You can either do one of two things. One, you can re-listen to this episode. Two, you can check out the show notes over at amyj21.com slash episode 248. That's episode 248. All right, Dream Chasers, until next time when we get to the penultimate episode. Remember, don't stop. Keep chasing. Thank you so much for listening to Chasing Dreams. Amy would love to connect with you and hear all about your pursuit of chasing your dreams. Connect with her on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram via at Chasing Dreams HQ. Or you can find Amy on Twitter at AmyJ21. That's aimeej one Be sure to visit headquarters over at ChasingDreamsHQ.com for more inspiration, motivation, and resources to help with your own dream chase. We hope you'll join Amy next week. And until then, keep chasing. Keep chasing.